In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For the last year, a lot of us have been enjoying um, unaccustomed courtesy and understanding from the world. This, a friend recently remarked, when people asked how you were doing, no one expected you to say, fine. Instead, they asked, how are you holding up? And you'd answer, well, you know. You could admit that you'd accomplished nothing today, this week, this year, having gotten through another day, even in your pajamas, was a perfectly respectable achievement. Now, these are some observations that appeared in the Atlantic Monthly this week, but I think it, um, they're, they're trenchant as we uh, kind of enter this, this actual reopening phase of life. Because it's true. Behavior that would have been deemed strange or shameful uh, before the pandemic has become, for the last 15 months or so, understandable and even expected. You know, maybe, are you feeling overwhelmed by the ever-changing demands of your job and you're online and you're Zooming and, you know, that makes total sense. We're all feeling a bit that way right now. Uh, are you on the verge of tears for no other reason this morning than, than just not wanting to face reality? Well, you know, I talked to 10 people last week who felt the same way. Um, are you lonelier than you feel you have any right to be? Uh, and you're scared to complain, well, join the club. One of the gifts, one of the surprising gifts of the pandemic has been to reposition fragility, human frailty, uh, within the bounds of normalcy. And yet, the truth is that none of these states of mind, none of this, this experiencing life as overwhelming, as tiring, as something that gets you down, and as a need of real space and understanding, none of those things were abnormal. In fact, they're part and parcel of what St. Paul calls in the reading from 2 Corinthians, the outer nature wasting away. What he means is that our bodies and our minds are heavy laden. They're overladen given how finite and limited we are. Our bodies, our minds, they, they fail us. We are all fighting a losing battle against time, against aging. We are not designed to endure so much stress and sin and strain. We all, at all times, are in need of some, uh, some grace. So it's not just you. Depression, exhaustion, paralysis, these are natural responses to the pace and demands of modern life, even when there are far less dangerous pathogens floating around. The pandemic just gave us uh, the opportunity to incorporate this truth under the banner of acceptability. And I believe to, in this area, it has been a great relief. Now, this is not to downplay the joy of rejoining friends and neighbors. Uh, just last week was my first time I went to Lowe's, and the sign on the door said, if you are vaccinated, you do not have to wear a mask. And I walked in, and I didn't have a mask on, and I just, it felt like Christmas or something. I wanted to cry. And you could just tell the people there's a little bit more upbeat. You know, you, then, you, then you drive around, and you see people eating outside. You see large groups of people gathering your weddings have been rescheduled, parties are happening, and this is an occasion for joy. I mean, and for crying out loud, we're finally 
not on this taping, but this Sunday we'll be back in church together without distancing. Uh, it's great. And yet we'd be overly hasty not to acknowledge that along with these reopenings, we lose that sort of long personal leash, that long mental health leash that the pandemic has given us. In fact, that very same article in The Atlantic states that the grace period is almost at an end. The grace period for just having a tough time just, just because it's almost at an end. And of course, the problem is that while the grace period may be at an end, we are still the same people. We're, we're, we're much more finite and conflicted and uncertain and self-interested than we would ever care to admit in quote-unquote normal times. We are still wasting away. Now, fortunately, St. Paul goes on in this morning's reading, and he writes, even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Paul is extrapolating this promise of renewal and coming glory. He's extrapolating it directly from the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, remember, daily life resumed on the other side of Christ's ascension, which we very recently celebrated. Yet those who were left behind, they still had their frailties to contend with. They still had their wasting away to deal with. It's just that those frailties were transformed from nagging defeats into foretastes of the redemption to come. In other words, their continued wasting away the disciples who remained after the ascension, they, those, 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 that wasting away, that, that lack, that pointed towards Christ coming again. Now again, contrary to the headlines and to sometimes the spirit of, uh, of, of, of lows, our wasting away will continue post-COVID. Just like there are problems that preceded the pandemic, there will be plenty of problems that persist after it's over. Whether we like it or not, our need for a grace period is far from at an end. And yet, if Paul is right, then not only will the wasting away continue, but so will the renewal that accompanies it. I mean, maybe you're already seeing that renewal in your own life. In that same article in the Atlantic Monthly, the writer Tim Crider wrote that maybe this period of seeming dormancy has actually been a phase of metamorphosis. Before caterpillars become butterflies, they first digest themselves, dissolving into an undifferentiated mush called the pupil soup. Now, people today, you might say, are all at different stages of this transformation. Some very much still swimming unformed in the pupil soup. Some already emergent, but whatever the case, escape from the chrysalis in which we've been living is a struggle and it will continue to be. Now this is not an admonition to ask you to try harder to manifest some sort of post-pandemic joy or growth. There's a classic New Yorker cartoon of a butterfly speaking to a caterpillar, and the butterfly is saying to the caterpillar, the thing is, 
you have to really want to change. And it's, it's funny because the, the, the butterfly, it's, it's, it's winged flight, it's gorgeous colors, they do not depend on the caterpillar's willpower. That's what's absurd about the cartoon. Those, that miracle of flight and new life, that depends only on the wasting away to which the caterpillar by its very nature must succumb. Therein lies the seeds of its rebirth. Now let me close with a testimony about this sort of uh, process. A story or at least an outline of affliction doing its renewing work. Agatha Christie. Uh, also known as the the best-selling author of all time. I did not know that, other than, I suppose, God. Um, She, uh, in her autobiography, she recalls her brief stay at a girls' school, a boarding school in the small coastal town of Tarquay, England. She writes, I can picture one teacher there. She was short and spare, and I remember her eager, jutting chin. Quite unexpectedly one day, in the middle, I think, of an arithmetic lesson, she suddenly launched forth on a speech on life and religion. She said, all of you will pass through a time when you will face despair. If you never face despair, you will have never faced or become a Christian. To be a Christian means enjoying things as Christ enjoyed things, being as happy as he was at the marriage at Cana, knowing the peace and happiness that comes with being at harmony with God. But you must also know, as he did, what it means to be alone in the Garden of Gethsemane, to feel that all your friends have forsaken you and that God himself has forsaken you. Hold on then to the belief that this is not the end. If you love, you will suffer. And if you do not love, you do not know the meaning of a Christian life. Christie writes, those few words more than any sermon I have ever heard remained with me. And years later, they were to come back to me and give me hope at a time when despair had me in its grip. I wish I could have been taught by her longer. Now, as we head into the great unknown or the back into the old normal, As circumstances change, as bodies heal and fail, as the world extends us mercy and then retracts it, this morning we are to be reminded that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus, so that grace, as it extends to more and more people, may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So do not lose heart, whether you're in in an acute phase of wasting away or a phase of active and exciting, joyous renewal. But when it comes to God, the grace period is never over. Indeed, it stretches out into eternity. Amen.